comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. together from the cosmic reaches of the universe, here in this great hall of justice, are the most powerful forces of good ever assembled. I am Supergirl. I am the Flash. My name is Oliver Queen. I had to become the Green Arrow. Dedicated to truth. Justice and peace for all mankind. Hey everybody, welcome to the DCTV Podcast episode 102. It's 102 DCTV, so turn it up and rip off the knob. Alright, we're rocking and uh, if you call the 25th caller gets those fog hat tickets. But first, here's Pat Benatar with Love is a Battlefield. If only. Nope. Instead, we're going to talk about some DC TV this week. Uh, we had the season finale, two-hour season finale of Gotham. And holy crap, did a lot of stuff happen. Yes. And uh, That's an understatement, sir. That is an understatement. We also had a, uh, an interesting episode of iZombie, which um, Jerry wouldn't know about, but we did. We watched it. <laughs> and uh, I got to see Wonder Woman, so that was cool. Me too. Oh, yeah? Maybe we could talk about oh, Wonder Woman first. Me three. Yeah, you oh, got to talk good. about it already, though. Awesome. You and Daryl already shot your watch. Yeah, but now we can kind of spoil talk about it. Mm, you already had the spoiler cast on that, on Nothing's On, didn't they? They already put that mm-hmm. out. I, besides, it's DC TV, not DC Movie, and we kind of covered it. We have some news, though, ahead, ahead of everything. First of all, I want to talk about this rumor about Priyanka Chopra possibly playing Batgirl in the mm-hmm. Joss Whedon of Batgirl. Do you think she's a good choice? I'm trying know. to think who that is. I can't pick, I can't picture her as Batgirl, so I haven't seen enough of her body of work to make that what? call. What is her name? Uh, Priyanka Chopra. She's in the new Baywatch movie. That's probably See, uh, the best have... thing she's best known about. She's a Bollywood actress. Well, really beautiful. But, um, oh, I, I mean, Joss Whedon is, um, you know, putting together a Batgirl movie. I would think of Batgirl, I mean, this woman's in her 30s. I would think Batgirl would be a little younger than that, though. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point, but I mean, she'd be I good for Batwoman, maybe. You know. Well, but take a look at what the the age of Bruce in, in this iteration of DC movie universe. I mean, and Bruce wasn't that much older than Barbara, right? I guess. No, he should. No, I thought he was older than Barbara. Yeah. I don't know. No, he's older than, but I'm just saying is, I mean, Bruce is in his 40s in these in this movie universe. Yeah, it's, right? it's, I mean, kind of, it's kind of like a Dark Dark Knight Returns light. Like, he's not quite yeah. as old as Dark Knight Returns, but he's definitely older and weathered and lost a Robin or two along the way. And, yeah, I guess if you were played that way, she'd be age-appropriate. I, I think I'd love to see her in the costume. I'll tell you that much. Well, well, the other thing, too, is, yeah, she's 34, but she doesn't look 34, you know? No. But the other question is, do you think that they, they'd have her go with red hair or, like, her natural color? Like, she, Well, I don't know if that's her natural, but the brown color. 
we'll have to we'd have to see which version of the costume we get. You know what I mean? It's gonna be like the the Cassandra Cain kind of like reductivist uh, black vinyl costume, or it's gonna be more traditional like Barbara Gordon purple and yellow bat. Or what you know. I'd like to see is well, I mean, is it gonna be Barbara for sure? I, we don't know anything about it other than she's been rumored. So we got a cast, new cast member on Legends of Tomorrow cast this week. Now this is very interesting. Uh, Tala Ash has been cast uh, in the regular role of Zari Adriana Tomas, who you might know if you read your comics as Isis from from the Marvel family. You know, Almighty Isis from the old, you know, Isis Shazam um, Saturday morning uh, live action show back in the day. Uh, hour, um, hour, sir. It was the power hour. <laughs> yes, it was a power hour. It absolutely was. This is an interesting take on the character. This should be playing a Muslim American woman from the year 2030. Um, she, uh, is a, quote, gray hat hacktivist, a computer nerd with a wry combative attitude, a woman living a double life who doesn't realize that she has secret latent powers derived from an ancient mystical source. So here's my question. Is it kosher for them to call a character Isis? Yes, because that's that's, that's literally like, I mean, you use Thor. Isis was an Egyptian god. Absolutely it's appropriate. Why wouldn't it be? I mean, well, because of, because was, of Isis, the terrorist group? Yeah. That's what they ever were. They that's That was our stupid media calling it something, and, and Isis sounded good to them. I understand that, but there's definitely the association there. Right? Yeah, that was you can't co-opt a god, an ancient Egyptian goddess's name, and just think that that's that's you're going to keep it for a terrorist organization well, forever. Look, hey, look at look at what happened with on on Archer. So, well, on Archer, their their nemesis organization mm-hmm. was ISIS. So they right. literally fought a counter spy agency, ISIS. And was it was it after the fourth season or fifth season, Jim? Somewhere in there is about the time ISIS came on the rise, right. and then that's when they got shut down. And then they were that's the season they did the um, Archer Miami Beach or whatever the hell Archer Vice, Archer Vice, yeah. ISIS is one of my favorite pantheon of the Egyptian gods. So no, um, I, I get that, yeah. but I'm just okay. saying is is they, they tend to shy away from stuff that that people get controversial. Look at the damn parents council when Lucifer got announced. Yeah, that's what, that's what I was going to say. I was going to use that as an example. They yeah, they, they, well, they boycotted the show and there's a lot of press and yada, yada, yada. But hey, I'm with you, man. I grew up in that late 70s there during oh. the time period of the great, you know, live action Saturday morning shows like Captain Cool and the Kongs and the Cross Super Show and, you know, yeah. Land of the Lost and... Oh. Um, you know, Sigmund and the Sea Monster and all the other good stuff. So I'm, I'm, I watched Shazam and Isis every week. It was on right before Jason of Star, right before Jason of Star Command, if I remember correctly. Oh yes. No, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm on the side of keep the name Isis. I'm not. I'm just saying, is I'm thinking like these TV execs and whatnot. Oh, I don't know if we should be saying that. I'm just wondering. It's it's an interesting way to bring the Shazam family into the DC uh, TVU. I mean, if you think about it, except for like the talk about uh, The Rock has been saying about playing Black, uh, Black Adam down the road. Mm-hmm. I mean, they really haven't touched the Shazams at all in the, the DC right. television universe. 
So, especially oh. the Arrowverse or whatever. I think it'd be great. Yeah, I, I do too. I'm down. Let's talk Wonder Woman, shall we? Wonder yes. Woman! It has made all the money. All, all of them. All the monies <laughs> that there are, it has made. I think it's at something like three hundred million now. Let me double check for the accurate, you know, to the. That's I have Mojo open now. All right. It is two hundred seventy-two million eight hundred twenty-two thousand five hundred and three. Yeah, I knew it was close. Getting uh, it's closing in on four. So. Now that's. I heard it banned it. Was it Israel that banned it? That said it couldn't be shown. I think it was Lebanon. Oh, Lebanon. Yeah. Well, also oh, look, Lebanon. You heard sales. Nope. <laughs> yeah, wow. We missed out on the 500 bucks from Lebanon. We've, we've done just fine without you, Lebanon, so let this be a lesson. The movie's, but that, doing, the movie's doing great without story. Lebanon. <laughs> so Ben McKenzie and Marina Bacharin secretly got married. I know. Last weekend. So uh, as Joseph Gaines puts it in the comments, uh, guy meets girl, guy gets girl pregnant, girl divorces husband, girl marries guy. <laughs> It's a classic work tale. You fall in love with your coworkers. You can't help it. Sure, those pesky spouses get in the way, but it's it's a time-honored tradition. Come on. Hey, I ain't blaming him. <laughs> we, uh, we also got premiere dates for our CW Arrowverse shows next year. So, Before you the, tell, next I, season. Um, I missed that story. Yeah, we got premiere dates. Um, let's see, Monday night, October 9th, will be the premiere of Supergirl. Uh, at 8 o'clock to 9 o'clock, it stays in its time slot where it was. Uh, it's pre- uh, right after, it'll be the show Valor, which I think is a military show that they're debuting. It's a new show. Um, Tuesday, The Flash stays right where it is, 8 to 9. Legends of Tomorrow right after, where they moved it. Uh, Wednesday is going to be Riverdale. I mentioned this not because it's a DC show, but it is DC TV adjacent. And uh, we and Daryl and Donnie and I cover it on uh, Nothing's On as well. Uh, so that's going to be on Wednesdays. Thursday uh, night from 9 to 10 will be Arrow, right after Supernatural. So Arrow is getting kicked down to 9 p.m. They're moving Supernatural to Wednesday? Or no, Supernatural still on Thursday. Oh, so they're moving Arrow? They're moving Arrow down to 9 p.m. To They're moving it to Thursday? Arrow's been on Thursday, hasn't it? No, it's been on Wednesdays. Oh, okay. I usually watch it on Thursdays. Maybe that's... Well, me, I, me too, but yeah. No. Okay, well, yeah, they're moving it to Thursdays after Supernatural. That's interesting. They're making choice. room on Thursday for their new Dynasty relaunch. <laughs> on, on, on Wednesday night, yeah, right after Riverdale, they're going to be bringing back Dynasty. So. You know, I'm just going to hold out for the Carrington spinoff. I'm just going to stand my ground on this one. We were going to, we actually, nothing's always said. I was said I was waiting for the Falcon Crest reboot. So. Oh, oh my God. You know, there was a spinoff. There was yeah. a spinoff from, from Dynasty. See, and it yeah. was awful. Uh, yeah. I guess I think they were all awful, yeah. but still. It, it was Dynasty awful. was awful. I had to sit while right. my grandmother there watched was that. There a crap. Dynasty spinoff oh. called the Colbys, if I remember correctly, right? Mm-hmm. With uh, Joan Collins and her wing of the Dynasty fans. Yeah. Falcon Crest had Lorenzo Lamas. The rest of them were just garbage. So. Right. Knott's Landing was a spinoff of Dallas. Yeah. Um, oh, Jerry, uh, talk about uh, Lucifer. You weren't here last week to talk about Lucifer That's... for the season finale there. 
Uh, do you I have anything you like, want to share? Yeah, I really liked their little MA again, how she was, you know, inspired by, like, like, like her, her air quotes, oh, yeah, your father, you know, like, oh, yeah, right. you know, like, it was wonderful. The, um, the, tw- what were their twins or sisters they had for the dead body removal crime scene cleaning crew? Right. They need their own show, okay? Well, unfortunately, <laughs> they killed one, one of them. them. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I can see the man from the phone, like, you kill them, we chill them, you stab them, we grab them. I mean... Two for <laughs> one special this week. Yes. So, yeah, I totally like them. And then, then using Inspector Douchebag's improv class for therapy, that was freaking brilliant. He's, he's finally getting some kind of character, you know? I mean... You're giving him he, something to do. Something, yeah. I, I liked that he was really trying to push the whole improv thing, and seeing him trying to run the improv was even more entertaining. Because I'm like, he can't run his mouth, barely, without getting into trouble. Who's letting him run classes? How does this work? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I really, but like I said, I really like the crime scene cleaning. And that's what I like about this show, is like the little, the witty banter. Like the complete inappropriate witty banter so i want them to have their own show and i gave that episode a b plus since everybody missed my review sadly um i missed the gotham last week that scene where enigma was like call me riddler it was yep. just like call me taser face from uh, <laughs> <laughs> Like I wrote down, like call me Taserface, and like and had this had like the same response of total contempt as uh, Taserface did. Absolutely, it was perfect. It was absolutely perfect, and I like the way like Alfred just gives zero f's about killing folks. I mean, he like just holds Hugo by the tie, you know, to get his info. He's calm. Scene. It was brilliant. It was. Brilliant! I loved it, and I loved Alfred, and I was like, yes, seriously. And the way Nigma referred to um, to Cat as as a uh, as Penguin's far better half, and a little stab. They're so jilted, lovery together. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> seriously, they need to be the the the, the supervillain odd couple. They need to be forced to live together. <laughs> And I noticed it a lot in the finale and in the episodes leading up to it. They keep capturing each other and yes. trying trying to kill them, and then one of them escapes. And then they have to go do it all over again. And then one gets the other hand, upper hand on the other one. And I noticed it happened, like, in the season finale, it happened, like, three times. It, like, changed uh, forces there, you know? But it doesn't get boring. Well, they're, they're good characters to play off of one another, so. Yeah. Absolutely. And I liked Fish's return. I mean, the the I mean, her Eartha kid is just completely dialed up to a thousand now. You know, it was always there, but see, but I whole, thought it was less. I thought it was no. less. Well, it depends. Well, no, but when she first appears, the the voice is like, you know, it it's just completely Eartha kid, and she's so she's got that mommy vibe. I can tell why. Even though Penguin, you know, hated her and killed, maybe, you know, killed her a couple times between friends. Why he still falls under her her sway. He's, she's such a good mother figure. She's like the ultimate, she's she's like Norman Bates' mom. She really is. 
You know, she's like nurturing, but, you know, like to a deadly point, basically. I think we mentioned last week, and, you know, I guess we'll mention again this week, she's a uh, spoiler for what we're about to talk about, not around anymore. Although everybody dies and comes back, right? Um, That's why they're just dead. What should you get run through with a sword by Jim Gordon in his ninja mode or whatever? But, um, I, I, you know, we were talking about how it's almost like Negan in The Walking Dead, like, She's good in small doses, but you don't want her there every single day in every single episode, you know? Um, I think she's much more effective with these little, like, popping up here and there now again. Yeah. You know? yeah. Well, also, I think that, and I think we may have talked about this before, but I think that the ridiculousness of her character in the first season was actually ahead of where the show went to. And I think it, her character now makes more sense in the setting of how this show has shaped itself over the last season and a half, two seasons. I agree. It's high camp. It really is. It's played to the hilt high camp. It is. It does have that edge of goofiness and menace, you know, on both sides. So. Just like Fish does. So there you go. Let's go ahead and start this. And Mr. On. Yeah. You know, just coming Waters. on. So why not? <laughs> it's that kind of like high camp. It's it's all satire. But there's enough darkness with it and gore, practically, that it offsets it. It just Mom. it's a, it's a really good blend. Absolutely, I like it. Let's go ahead and start up uh, Gotham, the two-hour season finale. This is a long title, so. Uh, Heroes Rise, colon, Destiny Calling, Heroes Rise, colon, Dirty, or Heavy Dirty Soul, all one word. And, uh, you know, originally two episodes, I guess, but they smushed them together into a big old two-hour season finale, full of, chock full of goodness and fun. That name's so long, you couldn't even hashtag it in a tweet. Come on. It has, it had slashes and colons. Twice. Hashtag colon. That's like 240 characters. Uh, we start off with the city the way it was last week, and uh, you know, under in ruins, on fire, just the way uh, Catherine said it would be. Everything's going to hell in a handbasket. The uh, uh, the uh, touch virus is everywhere. Uh, Strange developed something a lot more efficient about the touch virus. So now instead of it taking weeks to manifest, it only you know takes uh, like minutes. So people are going crazy with touch virus like in no time at all. Um, but luckily, as I predicted last week, uh, Lucius Fox suspects that uh, Strange made an antidote to the touch virus. And uh, except for this and like the one time when he saves Alfred's life, he's not really, he's not in this episode at all. He's in this scene and then later he saves Alfred from uh, Alvarez getting beat up by the cop with the touch virus. And then it's like all they did with him. I thought, sure, he'd be like, well, I made the antidote. Uh, you know, or whatever. He would have to synthesize it himself. But he just, he did come in with the uh, news that there was an antidote. I knew there would be, though. After after Jim Gordon got infected, I knew there would have to be. Oh, yeah, for sure. And wow. Jim Gordon is gro growling a lot in this episode. Oh, so much growling. Uh, we're going to call him Growling Jim this time because he's got the touch virus and he's like trying to fight it. And it's not going well. Like, he keeps, like, flaring up a little bit here and there. Yeah, he's but he's doing well. I mean, he fought the crap out of that virus. He didn't go totally ballistic on anyone. That was pretty good. But, um, 
Strange is on the run, and they realize that you know Strange is going to be the key to getting an antidote. Um, so they chase him to the um, Alfred, Alfred. Let him go last episode after like after you know like you're talking about the scene where he had him tang- hanging from his tie while he was interrogating him or whatever. Um, oh. Strange knows what's going to happen to Gotham. He wants to get the heck out, you know, the hell out of there. Um, but Fish Mooney finds him first. Uh, Fish Mooney's back, as we know from last episode, and she's gotten the Penguin to join her ranks, and they have tracked down Strange. She wants to control the city, and she knows what's happening with the virus, and she knows he's the only one with an antidote. So, they take him away. She gives him the Penguin to play with. Barbara also sees this as a chance to seize power. She convinces Ed to put his little vengeance mission against Penguin on the back burner if he'll help her consolidate power. Um, Fish manages to snatch Strange, as I mentioned, and as they're getting away, Gordon and Harvey chase them down an alleyway in the train station and then uh, Freeze, Mr. Freeze, uh, busts a pipe and summons up an ice wall to block them off and uh, take Strange out of there. So they're trapped in ice. Or behind a wall of ice, not in ice. That's later for, you know, anyway. Yeah. Uh, there's this great scene with Freeze and Bridget and Penguin, where Penguin disguise, dis, de- describes this torture device that Penguin, that uh, Strange used on him at Arkham. Says so it's like peeling back your brain and pouring in hot lava. I thought that was great. So and he says, back. oh, by the way, I had to have it. And he, like, takes the cover off of it, and he straps it to Strange. And Strange is like, oh, I'll tell you anything you want. I'll tell you where the end of it. And Oswald's like, uh, okay, but not just yet. <laughs> and he switches it on. <laughs> that was a great scene. I love that. Um, of course, uh, you know, he, lets, he tells him where the end is from that. Uh, Jim hulks out and busts out the ice wall, which I thought was pretty hilarious. Yeah. And then uh, he uses his super strength again uh, to fight off, like, not, uh, ninjas and fish's goons. Right. right. So, so, like, the cast, all wearing the spare costumes from Arrow show up. <laughs> hey, that was in wardrobe. It was free. Hey, man, Stephen Amell isn't using it. It's off-season, so, you know, might as well borrow it. And they show up, and they want the antidote, and Fish is like, uh, you know, go eat, go pound salt. And they're like, okay, so they go fight. And then Jim Gordon and Bullock show up, and Jim Gordon just starts going ninja on everybody. What's an awesome scene. How is he a ninja now? I mean, I guess the touch virus the makes virus, him... The zombie virus or the vampirism virus in movie or TV gets to be a ninja. And it makes no. you know kung fu. Right, but see, he he had the original Tetch virus at one point. That's that's what was in the syringe. But when he, when the bomb went off, he got the new one. And at some point, Strange put you know some some kung fu mojo into that right. new formula. So you know, Jim Gordon is kung fu fighting because he takes out like four or five ninjas. By himself, and he does like this backward move with the sword, and accidentally stabs Fish Mooney right through the chest, and causes her to drop the antidote all over the ground. Right. But this time, this is the last. This is the last time, though. She said, "I've died before, and this is it now." 
Yeah. Right. But, we're we're going right. to hold her to that, right? Yeah. <laughs> so this is in Hugo's little lab thing that he had off to the side where he hid this and whatnot. They, they didn't have some kind of a case, something they could put that in. They're taking it in the little rack. It's like, come on, they were asking for it to get dropped and broken. Of course, that way you get the slow motion shot of the glass vials falling on the cement floor. Right. Come on, man. If they put it in a case, though, a case would have just hit the floor and bounced, and it would have been fine. That would have been boring. Come uh... on, Don't you know anything about dramatic television? Jeez, man. Well, I guess not. Excuse I guess not. I guess you need... Rubber, plexiglass, bounceable... Uh, test tubes all the way around from now on. This is just, just bubble wrap. Fun. Just give me a big thing of bubble wrap. I'll just wrap it up like a big... Legit. Yeah. We can't do that, Jim, because you would sit there and just start popping the bubbles. Be- no. No, you would do that. No, Joe. you would do that, Joe. Oh, that's right. I would do that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, mean- meanwhile, uh, Edward Nygma realizes that the next uh, piece in this puzzle is going to be Jervis Tetch, who just happens to be being moved from Arkham to somewhere else. And the guys driving the transport vehicle get shot, and... Uh, but Tabitha and Tabitha and Butch are still grousing about Barbara a lot. Um, they shoot, and Barbara is not treating them well. And continues to not, not to do so. But anyway, they grab uh, Jervis Tetch. Nigma's like, you know, they're going to need him to make the antidote. And uh, Barbara wants to use him as leverage to get, like, a whole list of stuff that will bankrupt the city pretty much done. Um, meanwhile, Bruce has been on route trying to figure out his place in this mess. Um, Alfred, uh, he's in the, um, interrogation room at the station and Alfred gives him a pep talk. Very, you know, very hard. I loved you. I remember when you were seven and you were sick and your mom stayed up all night with you and your dad would read you stories and they'd get you ice cream and <laughs> all this good stuff. And it was a good scene though. And then, uh, while he's in there, he hears like a big commotion outside. He says, excuse me, Bruce. Alfred goes out there, and one of the Gotham cops has gone rogue with the Tetch virus. He's just shooting all over the place. And in a room full of cops, the guy who saves the day is Alfred the butler. Yes. Yep. He tackles them from under. Hey, our Alfred is a badass. Yeah, he's, come on, he's former British intelligence or something. He's he's hardcore-ish. He's just not good at uh, keeping prisoners. He's not good at taking a sword in the chest either, evidently. No, that that either. You don't mm-hmm. leave things in the interrogation room. That's not no. how it goes. So anyway, uh, he takes out Alvarez, and then he's just about to get shot by him, and then Lucius Fox clocks him with a copier from behind. Um, he goes I thought back. it would be Bruce, though. I thought for a second that it would have been Bruce. That would have been cool. That would have been cool. Uh, um, he goes back to the interrogation room. Bruce is gone. He picked the lock on his handcuff and is out of there. He's off to find the demon's head, which turns out to be this uh, giant secret door. Here's one. Here's something I want. I really kind of bothered me. He walked through that like tiny little office style door, right? Mm-hmm. Into this yeah. giant dragon cathedral with this giant fake, you know, uh, secret door and stuff and all that. Well, it's like bigger on the inside. It's a TARDIS roll. I, it's just what I was thinking. It was like a TARDIS, you know. Um, <laughs> TARDIS roll. All the stuff that has happened in this episode to this point, and that's the part that you're going to put stop suspending disbelief. 
Um, I'm going to go with Jim on this one, and just to add a, a nice little reference for our people with, um, what do you call them, UEDs? Um, that reminded me of the Gates of Hell, like those Blake reproductions that were uh, done. Oh, yeah, the Red Dragon. Yes, it was like the yeah. Gates of Hell. I liked it. Anyway, he, uh, he of course, figures out the secret door with no problem whatsoever. Of course. No goes, problem whatsoever. A goes, little too. Goes right through and meets Rachel al Ghul. <gasps> really, really looked good. Really looked... It, not so much as the comic, as much as the animated series, Raja Ghul. Which is the more Rasha Ghuli, uh, the one from Arrow or the one from this show, you think? This one? I, I, I think this one. Yeah, this one, I, I, didn't, I didn't like that one from Arrow too much. I mean, at least in how he looks. I mean, we're just now getting a little bit of him, so but so far so good, I think. Well, Raish tells, you know, Bruce, he still has to fulfill his destiny. He hesitated, you know, killing those people, so he has another chance to prove himself, and they bring in Alfred. And bring him in on his knees. And Alfred pretty much begs him to kill him. Yeah. He's like, look, dude, you know, this is what you need to do. Then do it. And killing Alfred kind of breaks the spell. Oh, that's, oh, that's convenient. Yeah. It's like, I, maybe maybe you could have broken the spell before you stabbed him, Bruce. Hello. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it gave me a very quick flashback to episode seven. You know, Han and Ben on the bridge. That yeah. whole thing. Well, with his yeah, yeah, I could see that. Well, he didn't break cut, but he didn't. He killed him, and then he just went out. It was weird. Like he killed him, and then Rachel Ghoul offers the water from the Lazarus Pit, which I mean, they went right there with the Lazarus Pit. Oh, that yeah. was great too. And I, and I like the Lazarus Pit the way they're portraying it here better than the Arrow one. Although I like that one too. I'm not knocking it, but this I love it. Well, I think I think I get. You know, like reading Raza Gul so many times over the years, he doesn't want to beat. He really doesn't want to beat uh, Bruce, right? He doesn't. He wants to. His whole thing is to try to get him to become part of his organization, the exact to right. be the the Death Head, right? So. Well, I mean, in the comic originally he wanted uh, Bruce Wayne to be a successor because Batman was the only one he felt was like anywhere near his intellect or fighting prowess right, or right. he was like the only one he, he thought worthy of succeeding him as the as the demons had well this in this universe in this version it seems like they've been watching bruce but from the parents like even from the parents his father was part of the the court of owls right so maybe right. that maybe that was the in this version that's the dead his destiny he feels is for bruce to be the head of the organization so now he's going to be um, you know, trying to get him every now and like maybe like next season he'll like when there's things that happen he'll kind of get his his uh he'll help him out little by little like he'll do little things for him to help him out yeah. to kind of get his his confidence and then when he's when he feels he's got him that's when he uh you or know, or it'll seem like he's helping him. Right. That's what He'll I'm be saying. doing things that seem like they help Bruce in the short exactly. term, but in the long run, really help his play. 
Exactly. But it's a long game. Rayshard Ghoul is kind of like Vandal Savage. He's all about the long game. He's you know what I mean? Game. Right. He's right. totally about the long game. And I thought it was cool the way he kind of blackmails Bruce in this because mm-hmm. he needed the water to bring Alfred back, you know, because after killing him. And then he's like, uh, you know, whenever, you know, he'll, he'll summon Bruce whenever he's ready for him, you know. I also kind of wonder, and it's possible, I wonder if from birth, like, Thomas and Martha, are, like, or at least Thomas, wanted him groomed. Maybe I'm wondering if there was that connection, being with the Court of Owls, between him and Rajagul and saying, you know, someday I want my son to be trained by you or something like that. I'm just wondering because it does seem like since birth, They've been watching him. Well, also, I, oh, I'm sorry, Daryl. Go ahead. No, I was going to say that's probably, uh, in this version, it's probably the thing is they want, he's destined to, uh, from childhood, to be the the, the leader. He So he thinks he's right. destined to be yeah. the, but with this Bruce, man, it would be something, though, if in this version of Batman, when he does become an adult and he does become Batman, he actually does take over the League of Assassins. That would be and interesting. It's that and, you know, yeah. like, it takes it over and makes it a good, a force for good because of just how dangerous. Because this is a Bruce. I mean, he's, he's went through a lot more than our Bruce did in the in the regular comics. That's true. Now, uh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. In the comics, there's really no affiliation between the Court of Owls and the League of Assassins, am I right? No. Not that I remember now. No, not in the I, books. No. Okay, so the affiliation here is definitely just from the just from the show. Uh, so basically, Bruce is you know at the mercy of Rachel Ghoul because yeah. you know, he saved uh, you know Alfred's life after he stabbed him. You know? mm-hmm. um, Barbara, this this is we're moving into the second episode now. Uh, Barbara delivers a lengthy list of demands to the mayor if he wants to get Tench, and, you know, there's no way that's happening. So Jim does, like, an end-around and talks to Enigma directly and says, look, I've got... So the uh, he works out a hostage swap for a uh, Tetch for, uh, for a cobblepot, right? And I love the line that Bullock gives, a Penguin, Enigma, and Tetch in the same room for a high-stakes hostage swap. What could go wrong? <laughs> yeah, and then they show up to do the deal, and dun, 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 Barbara, Butch, and Tabitha heard about it too. They followed Nigma, uh, and they aren't too happy around uh, that uh, you know Nigma did this without letting them in on it, right? Uh, Ed pulls a grenade that he had trapped to attach uh, to distract them, and somehow Oswald manages to kidnap Ed. Like he waits for Ed by the door when Ed is looking for him, and then yep. clocks clocks him from behind with a pipe. Um, Barbara turns the henchman, uh, or Tabitha, and, uh, um, pushes attention onto Jervis, but fueled by the fury of the virus, uh, and thinking fast, Jim drains touch of his blood to take back to Strange at the station, uh, knowing that he and Harvey wouldn't be able to get him out of there without a fight. So, instead of taking him, he just takes his blood. Well, I like when they deliver that blood to, uh... Um, Fox or whatever. <laughs> what the cop looks at it like you've never seen blood before or whatever. That's funny. Uh, this this you know failure of a plot leaves Barbara on the run. 
And this is when Butch and Tabitha decide that neither one of them want to follow her into oblivion this time. So it's time to take her down. They've been talking about this for how many episodes? Like uh, the whole season? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Barbara's seen them whispering that she confronts Butch before he can get to that far. But to Butch's credit, he tells Babs that Tabitha had nothing to do with this plot to kill her. And she puts a bullet in his brain as thinks. But Tabitha doesn't care uh, if Barbara knows she wanted her dead, though. And then when Babs confronts her at the safe house, the two engage in a whip versus gunfight and a kiss. Oh, man. Fight! Nice! Fight! Ending, <laughs> ending with an electrocution of Barbara with a giant, this big ass lamp in a puddle. <laughs> She's DC dead. She's DC dead. Okay. Yeah, I could see her coming back as like, you know how they had Joker, but not quite? Yeah. Maybe they yeah. could bring Barbara back after the electrocution as like Harley, but not quite. You know what I mean? Like their, like their version of Harley. I mean, I could totally see them doing that with Barbara. And, of course, we'll talk about Butch later because, we well, we might as well get this out of the way now. We yes. find out. All right, so, don't just scream in my ear about it. It's okay. <laughs> I just—I was so excited when I heard this name. But we find out that Butch's real name is Cyrus Gold. All right. Which alert comic readers will know is the real name of Solomon Grundy. Yes. Born on Monday. Which makes sense. He's got the bullet through his head because he should be pretty dull. You know, he should be. Yeah. Okay. It'll be interesting too. That big, big metal fist of his. Yeah! That'd be pretty Good. cool. This is kind of an episode for blunt objects. I mean, people getting hit with pipes, and printers, and Gordons, and... <laughs> blunt objects, advancing plots since the early 19th century. And I never thought... I, like, this totally surprised me. Like, I didn't, didn't oh, yeah. even think that this would be the, the thing. Uh, that he would be that character, that they would do that. Uh, Penguin Enigma. This was good. This was so good. Uh, Penguin has uh, Ed handcuffed in the back of a squad car. And uh, Penguin's gabbing away about his good luck. Ed finds a pin buried in the seat cushion that he uses to unlock his cuffs. And he uses his own verbal assault to get Oswald to pull over and open the door. And derides him for being a liar and a phony. And takes his gun and hops in the driver's seat. And takes him to the docks. Of course, because that's where he killed him last time. Deja vu. And it worked out so well then. (laughs) It worked out so well that time he decided to come right back. Um, But Oswald has no final words or last request, because as it turns out, there are no bullets in the gun that he took from him. (laughs) Oswald removed removed them and planted the pin while Enigma was knocked out in the back of the police car, because he knew that Ed would take him there. Yep. I this love the, thing was so slapstick, comedy like vaudevillian, Three Stooges, just the whole flip flopping back and forth of "I've got you, no, I've got you." Screw he, he outconned the Riddler, which was pretty awesome. Right. Um, the army of freaks is waiting for uh, Ed, uh, Ed there on the docks, and I, I got this quote that the Penguin gloated: "I may be driven by my emotions, but you are driven by something much more predictable." A desperate and compulsive need to complete what you started in exacting fashion. So instead of killing Ed, he freezes him into a big ice block. And he's going to use him at this new bar, the Iceberg Lounge. Another sweet reference. As a a centerpiece. So, pretty cool. 
<laughs> See what I did there? Yeah. <laughs> um, back in Strangeland, the doctor is able to formulate uh, one vial of the cure, but just one. Of course, that's not good for Jim. He wants to save Lee too first, so he takes the vial um, and to meet Lee. But she quickly gets rid of the vial before he can inject her with it. She doesn't want that. She wants him, and then she wants them both to be all consumed by the touch virus so they can get the hell out of Gotham together and just live a life of boundless lust and lasciviousness at long last. That doesn't sound too bad. No. By the way, uh, that dress, <laughs> that, you know, that dress uh, Marina Bachern was wearing this time, oh my. Oh my. Yeah, that's something I mentioned the last episode. I'm sorry, uh, Jerry, remember we were talking about how her fashion would change after she got the virus? Yes! It's the Gotham. It's you know what? Every time they have a bad girl makeover, it works. Like gothy smoke and I mean, yeah. any black canary. It's like let's just get whatever our goth makeover queen from DC universes and goth them up. And she really lends herself to that dark for real. Brought She's to you by hot, hot Topic. The virus. <laughs> Brought to you by Hot Topic. What were you gonna right? say, Daryl? I'm sorry. I just wanted to mention that before I forgot it. No, just saying they they know how to they know how to make them hot. They they know how to do it when they when they redo these characters as evil, when they turn to the dark side, they they know how to make them hot. The uh, the bad two of them. Bad. Oh, I'm sorry. Bad goes They've got bad right there. Yes. Right. Um, Lee has no, Jim has no choice. He can't fight anymore. He finally uh, lets the virus overtake him, and they go. Break into a train station, and then uh, Harvey shows up to offer one last ditch effort to stop his friend from going to the dark right. side. He shows him his badge. Did you blame him though? Cause she is looking like she looked. Mm-hmm. She tell you go to just give in. I'm like, what? It's okay. You buried me in that coffin, baby. I understand. Let's go. Uh, listen, Let's go. Things happen. Arguments come about. You know. Bygones be bygones, baby. It's all water. Lows. Yeah. All water. Get your reputation smeared. Get you fired from the force. But you know, when all said and done, we're still men for each other, right? Yeah, cause look at you in that dress, though. <laughs> it's true love, Jerry. It's true love. God. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. But on the back of the badge, or oh, he beats up on Bullock pretty bad, like yeah, against the metal side of the train, and gets on it. And then he turns the badge over, and there are two vials of the cure back there. Look so at he, that. he injects himself and her. And, Harvey. Uh, Harvey. She ends up leaving him a goodbye note that promises this isn't the end for them. Who didn't see that coming? Yeah, well, she has to go have the right. baby, right? You had to do the dear job. She already had the baby, I thought. Oh, did yeah. she? Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah she already had the baby, oh, yeah. 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 What about the next? What about the next baby? Uh, well, yeah, she was my wife. Okay, I wanna, okay I wanna then. Have <laughs> <laughs> that was the creepiest laugh I've ever heard ever. And I've been every I don't know that. why. I, I picture it, Daryl, but with Tracy Morgan's voice going, <laughs> "I get her pregnant." Yes. I would. Like, All right, fellows. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I would. I don't even like kids, and I get up right. <laughs> I like 
I'd like to guest star on her show. <laughs> <laughs> Word, I tell her I'll raise them too. I don't give a damn. <laughs> Aren't you good to help make them up? Just don't leave me. Just, oh, no. Just don't leave me. Oh. Um, Bruce fights Selena and then she ends up straight in Tabitha's arms. Alfred pulls through at the hospital. And he's happy that Bruce is back to, you know, his old self. And uh, Bruce talks about his, uh, you know, he's sorry and he confused, you know, he apologizes and Alfred forgives him pretty easily for stabbing him in the chest. Uh, right. He tells Bruce he needs to find the one thing he cares about enough to give his life to it and his destiny will present itself. And uh, as the news flashes that Gotham's on the mend again, <laughs> he for figures now. it out. Yeah, for now. Today. Uh, yeah, today. Uh, just Bruce, the... Bruce is going to protect the city. All right. uh, he starts off right where it all began by intercepting a would-be armed robbery in the alley that looks a lot like the one his parents were killed in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just only, like Crime Alley. Only this time there's someone to stop the child involved from being an orphan. I'm telling yeah. you, man, I could see Batman being in this show before it ends. And as he stands on a rooftop admiring the city he's sworn loyalty to, a spotlight flashes by. And yes, that's Gotham's night. He's risen once and for all. Boom. There you go. Boom. Mic drop. Saying, man. I'm saying. Bruce used to be a lot like you before he took a bullet to the parents. True. <laughs> True. I get it. It's like Skyrim meme. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's so timely in 2014. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Gotham season finale. Um, let's just give it a, a letter grade for the for you know the whole two hour thing, and then for the season overall. What do you say? Let's do it up. Just slap uh, an A on it. Just finale. I give an A to you as well. I give yeah. the finale an A. This I agree. It's definitely yeah. an A. It had like a lot of dips and turns, things I wasn't expecting, cool character and you know developments. It opens up a lot of new stories for next time. I will even go so far as to say, out of all the DC TV shows, this had the strongest finale. I oh I I agree with that. Is it fair though? When you have two hours to do all this stuff, is it fair to even pit it against the other measly one hour? It was two episodes, Jerry. I think so. Put them together. I think so because they kept. Yeah, but they had that kind of. If you have that kind of time to close up everything and put in all your bangs and bells and whistles, it's kind of shitty to put it up against the other one. Well, did they add? Did they add? Uh, any episodes to Gotham over the other shows, or did they have the same amount? Like around it's about 22? the same. I think no, it was it was twenty two episodes total. They listen. They want they all the mother shows had every chance to do a, a two parter finale if they really wanted to. Supergirl you know, was I was going to say Supergirl. I was going to argue that Supergirl is a two parter. That was a two. Yeah, you know, that that Arrow finale would you know, arguably could be a three parter because that, that, that the story went on yeah. for three, three yeah. episodes. Yeah. And, I, and, and the whole series, though, probably a B because there are some some laggy parts in the whole in the whole season. Well, but the, the, the I thought the Jervis touch parts at the beginning of the yeah. season were a bit much. 
Um, it was an interesting character, but they, I thought they went a little too far with him. And I agree, there were some of the more connective tissue episodes that really didn't like Perfect. knock it out of the park. But I think I think overall, this episode for me gets a B plus. The season, I mean, the season. Yeah. It was really good. I mean, and it's definitely, I would, it's 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 um. It's improved so much since the first season, and even oh, since yeah. the second season, you know. And I mean, all the stuff with Jerome this time that we had was cool. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. We finally are getting the Bruce Wayne that we've wanted since the beginning of the show. All right, I think it's um, so consi- I think it's the most consistent too. Like it stayed true to what the show was is. Yeah, I agree. Throughout the season, I mean, even the up the highs and lows, it did have highs and lows. But I think when you look at it, like characters acted the way that they. They fit. The, the act, their actions fit how they should act. In, in they the made, to me. They, they made, made sense. better. They made better use of their twenty-two episodes than the I, other. Yes, I think they did. To me, well, I think that they. Yeah. Plus, they found a tone that works. You know, they found a yep. place like, like Jerry says, it's like high yeah. camp, but with like incredible stakes and incredible right. violence. And they don't and, forget that. Like they don't even. Uh-uh. They don't even forget their own rules like you know every show has their own rules right they remember their own rules like i flash i think the biggest the problem with flash is it forgot what it was yeah yep. it. it totally forgot what it was and the other and and supergirl i think the issues with that is there are just too many episodes that there'd be really great and then there's one with Jimmy and the Black <laughs> Aliens, and then it'd be really, really good, and then it'd be bro time with Monel. Like it's it's just too up and down, which is the same issue with um, that I have with uh, Legends. Like I constantly have that with Legends. Is that how? Oh yeah, it'd be a that's good like one, the, and it'd be a bad one. That's the poster child for mixed bag as far as yeah. the shows go. I mean, because there yeah. are some episodes and they have moments and then they're just incredible. And then, the, the, of course, we get, you know, believe in yourself, George Lucas. So. <laughs> and, and Arrow is better than it has been in the last couple of years. But it still had some episodes where it's like, uh, wait a minute, a gun episode? And you kill people every on episode? this show. <laughs> on this right. show, like what? Are you serious? Like what difference is that? I don't. I don't get that. How are you even complaining? Um, but, but yeah, bringing it back around to the Gotham season, um, I, I I I think this back half, the back half of the season, like is a solid A. I mean. I think that there weren't very many moments of what you were talking about a minute ago, Jim. Whereas the first half of the front of the season, I think I'd go with a B- minus there because of what you were speaking of with the episodes that were just kind of up and down. Um, So I'd average that out to probably like a B-plus as well for the overall season. Okay, cool. Uh, we're gonna move on to iZombie now. So, see you, Jerry. Bye, Jerry. Um, I'm gonna get my bad girl makeover for the next photo shoot. I'm gonna be ready for when Preacher comes out, right? Oh, all right. Do that though. Wear that dress though. All right, you guys have a good one. All right, thanks, Jerry. Okay. Bye. Okay, let's move on to iZombie episode ten: Return of the Dead Guy. 
Uh, hey, what? The of it. Yeah, well, it kind of all returned because they're zombies. Hello. Right. Right. Mr. Stacy Boss breaks into his own house while his wife is on the phone. Damn, she don't. Wow, she's on that. the phone griping about he better be dead. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And like, at least I should have some insurance money. You're his lawyer. You know, what do, what's the deal? While she's bitching about him, he breaks into his own house. Steals a suitcase full of like international money and passports and diamonds, and then gets the hell out of there. Um, the militants prepare to torture Donnie. They bring Ravi in to you know to look at him. They got him chained up and stuff. It's not looking good for Donnie. No, not at all. Um, Peyton convinces Liv to eat the brains of her deceased client, who is the guy who was you know. Supposedly hung himself after killing the dominatrix, remember, earlier in the season? Yeah. So uh, she eats the brain, and then uh, Peyton dresses up like a dominatrix. Let me tell you something. If no one uh, showed up to that house... uh Uh-huh. I still have that image stuck in my brain. It was going places. I was like, wait a minute, what show is this again? Exactly. Hold up. I'm like, did I... Is there going is there going to be a Brazzers logo in the corner in a second? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Whoa! So when I hit on my computer, video capture. Yeah, how dare? <laughs> how dare they do this as I record it so I can watch it later? <laughs> uh, during that role play, though, uh, Liv gets a side effect of the blue brain. Mm-hmm. Lot, and then she hallucinates about seeing Drake, her old boyfriend who died in the Max Rager uh, riots. And stuff. Um, Clive inadvertently triggers another vision, and that reveals that a guard at the city jail murdered the victim, and but they're unable to find a suspect. Um, Mr. Boss tries to ambush Blaine at his home and kills him, but... All it really does is make Blaine a zombie again. Yeah, what? What? Yeah, I thought, I thought he was... already got re-zombified. No. No. No, he hasn't. No. He's, been, he's been human. When he time. threw his father into that pit, he was still human. Yep. Uh. He's doing the brain business, but he's been human. That's why he gave the other guys the brain to taste. He didn't taste himself the blue brain, remember? Remember that? Yeah, I for some reason I thought there was something that happened that he had to make himself a zombie again. Oh, uh, okay. We didn't see it. I mean, if it if it happened, yeah. it, was, it happened off screen then because I mean it wasn't any of the episodes. Oh, because I actually my mother in law texted me the same thing. She was like, "Has he been a zombie all this time?" And I went back and I'm like, "No, he hasn't been. Even- he got cured. He mm-hmm. he lied about you know his memory yeah. loss so he could get with Peyton." And then got busted over it, and then got the hell out. Remember the guy shot him, even even when the guy shot him in the stomach. Yeah, I didn't kill him. But I wonder if that's oh. when he went, if he made one of his people's turn him. Remember when he, when he got shot? That's in what I'm thinking of. I I thought it kind of went unsaid when it like faded to black or whatever and switched scenes that he was going to have to rezombify because he was dying. I thought that's what happened, but. Maybe I read that wrong. I don't know. I don't know. Well, uh, he, he is a zombie, so you must not have read it wrong. Liv is kind of bothered by Major's new girlfriend, Shauna. Oh, that's just ex-girlfriend Salt. 
Yeah, it was for for I mean, I mean she's already moved on with Justin. Exactly. I mean, come on, man. What's right for the right for the goose is right for the gander, you know. You, know, you know how that go. You know how. Let him get let him get some serial killer strange, you know. Uh-huh. You know how that goes. Um she Liv and Clive get the name of the killer, but they learn that he died in an accident shortly after he committed the murder. Uh, Mr. Boss wakes up in a coffin. Boy, this has been a recurring theme on the DCTV lately. Pretty much. <laughs> and Blaine persuades him <laughs> to act as his international broker for acquiring brains. Um, Clive, lo- Clive locates the dead man's daughter, but she refuses to talk. And as he and Liv drive away, it's revealed that she is a zombie. Um, Liv finally finds the courage to let go of Drake's memory. And she and Blaine go to save Robbie, Ravi and Donnie at the end of the episode. So after they do some boom boom time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well she well Liv like has that scene where she like lets go of Drake's memory, like makes out with him on the couch and he disappears. Right. And then Justin comes in. It's like, Hey, how's it going? And, it's like and, you're all looks like you're all warmed up for me. Yeah. <laughs> see, that's how a guy would really react. She'd be yeah. you know, she's making out with an invisible person. Right, and you come in, she's all she, I mean, all the hard work's done. Yeah, and basically go. But you got the—that's the green light, dude. You but know. I still get some, right? Is what I'm saying. I don't. I don't yeah, well, I mean, he—he he, he sealed the deal. You know. you know what? Okay, all right. And go, ghosts can't can't seal the deal, man. No, ghosts can't seal the deal. <laughs> it's true. And uh, that's our zombie for the week, pretty much. Three more episodes. Yeah, it's it's been moving along pretty pretty briskly. It has. Um. It's been weird how the different characters keep intersecting in different ways, too. I mean, you always get Clive and Liv together. Mm-hmm. But, the, you know, like you were saying, the Peyton and Liv scenes, even, you know, seeing Peyton dress that way, pretty awesome. Uh, but, like, the uh, scenes with them together, I mean, they're written pretty well, I thought. You know, Ravi and Don E, like, two different ends of the spectrum. And, like, Liv and Blaine have to team up to go save them. Yeah, um, I know one thing. If I'm, if I'm in trouble, I'm not calling... Uh, um, what's his face? Uh, not Blaine, Blaine the other guy. Um, he called him first. Um, God, why I can't remember the guy's name? We know him. This is uh, her ex-boyfriend. Major? Major. Major. Right. I'm not calling Major because he gets really dingy. No, hell no. He's unreliable. I, I'm like, He makes you bad know, decisions. Like, the, when I, like, he's talking to him, he sounds kind of upset like he doesn't even think to go right you cool are you all right i mean i'm like listen we all we all would love to you know you're in the you're in the bed with a beautiful woman sure we want to get back to work right but your friend calls you out the blue it's not like you know that they've been investigating this whole thing right he calls you out the blue to tell you this stuff and he sounds upset I gotta check a little bit. I mean, that is your. I mean, that is one of your your best friends. I mean, right. Yeah. You would think he would have questioned it just a bit, but he just was like, "All right, I'm out, deuces." Yeah, you know? major. I don't know. I mean, we keep saying like he's the king of bad decisions. Like, he is. like he stays in Fillmore Graves even though he's not a zombie. 
Why would you do that? <laughs> and you know and I know that something's up with this girl. She is too much into everything oh, yeah. he's totally. into. Yeah, no yeah. woman is into everything you're into. Nope. Okay? Unless she has a room with your pictures up. Yeah, about a hundred of them tacked up with thumbtacks with exactly. string. And like Mr. and Mrs. Major Lilywhite. Exactly. Know. So you know, like everything he said. Oh, yeah, me too. I had that same teacher. Yeah, I went to that school. Yeah, it, yeah. It's like the, build, the, the building of the blanket fort was awesome, though. Just saying. Well, that's I'm sure Every, that's great. That's everybody's got to have a blanket fort. That's fine. That's great. That's great. But I give this episode a B. Yes. I like I like yeah. the stuff with Mr. Boss and Blaine. Right. Oh yeah. Uh, Major is making another bad decision with Shauna. That's part for the course. Oh yes. Right. Uh, the the stuff of the militants is really heating up now, so it's very interesting. Um, yeah, it's good stuff. Good and movie. I've always liked Donnie's character, but I really yeah. like Donnie's character now, you know. And uh, yeah, I agree. B B is right where it's at for this. I don't this know. Movie. I get I get a vibe from that girl that's with Ravi right now, like she's undercover or something. Like she has another. Yeah, like she thing. knows. Yeah, she has I, something I, else I, going on. Yeah. I was getting that vibe too. I'm wondering if she's an agent for the zombie squad. A human agent? Yeah, yeah. a human <laughs> agent for the zombie squad. I'm wondering. Yeah, like maybe she works for uh, Fillmore Graves. Yeah, yeah. Uh, during reconnaissance. Uh huh. Because it just feels that way. Like she's. Yeah, like, she's got. There's more to her than her cover. Her cover story is pretty slim flimsy. She pops yeah. up. And she's in always and looking like she. She's just. I'm a photographer. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. She's looking around, and she like she when she went up to Robbie, it was almost like she's trying to get intel. Like we're kindred spirits. I don't think you're into this either. Right. Same thing. So I, I kept expecting her to like pull out a gun and a badge or something, and and you know. Be like, yeah, she did uh, congratulate Robbie on stopping them from doing a kidnapping. So, yeah, it could be. It could be something's up with her. Whether she's a cop or not, I know there's something going on with her that she's oh, not yeah. saying. Something, something's up. Well, with the uh, finale of Gotham, and that means only I Zombie. I'm gonna let a couple of those stack till we record again. So it might be a few weeks before you hear from us again. So until that time, if you, what are you gonna listen to? What are you gonna do? I don't know. Here, why don't you try this? Go to the Taylor Network of Podcasts.com. There are a bunch of podcasts there that you're going to really enjoy, including a, a bunch of Nothing's On specials. There was one recently with um, um, the writers from the show The 100, uh, the uh, interview that Daryl did. Right, Daryl? Yep. That's pretty awesome. There's, uh, um, there's also a Nothing's On spoiler cast all about Wonder Woman. Uh, you might want to check that out there if you're in the DC, uh, you know, if you're into the DC stuff or whatever. There's all kinds of other, uh, no apologies just dropped. There's nothing's on. There's, um, yeah, Sean and Julie Benson. Their name just slipped my mind really quick. Yeah. Um, but all kinds of great podcasts there. Uh, TaylorNetworkOfPodcast.com. And if you go there, TaylorNetworkOfPodcast.com is also a good place for all your news, all your entertainment news. Um, gets posted there, a lot of really good links and stuff that you might not hear or see about other places. You might want to check it out there, both on Facebook and on the interwebs themselves. And how about how about that uh, Black Panther uh, trailer, though? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Just, just dropped out. That's sitting right there on, on, uh, on the page as well. Yeah. Um, also, uh, hhwlod.com is where this podcast originates from. 
you can uh, uh, listen to the Fear of the Walking Dead podcast. The normal The Walking Dead TV podcast becomes the Fear of the Walking Dead TV podcast in the summertime as that show is up. And we just dropped a, an episode for their two-hour season premiere. So yeah. if you're into that show, even if you're like me, if you're returning to that show after not being on it, into it for a while, uh, check that show out there. Also, How Far Waste is there. It's all connected. They cover Marvel TV the way we do DC. All at hhwlod.com. Check that out. And until next time we speak, thanks for listening, and we are ghosts. Good night. Night.